everybody. This is Bill Cameron from The Drive. Podcasts of The Drive are presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, now hiring for great-paying skilled trade positions. Call 334-209-6355 to learn more. Thanks for listening. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. Another beautiful afternoon. Man, it it feels like spring break. Whoop, I'm a week ahead of time. Uh, Hopefully the weather is this nice for folks that are getting spring break next week because it has been beautiful the last couple of days. And it's only going to get warmer as the week goes on. So hope everybody doing well on this Tuesday afternoon edition as we welcome you in to the drive. And uh, Dan is on his way. He will be in, uh, i tell you what, it, it is hard to get here. If you are having to come from uh, the other side of town, then it, it's going to take you a while, no matter which direction you go. Yesterday, of course, yesterday we were at Franklin Tire, so we only go, had to go halfway from around town. Um, but, but I yesterday went on East University, and uh, that that you know that that can slow you down quite a bit. But if you're coming around Shug Jordan, uh, be very careful because they're they're repaving, and one of the lanes as you're coming um, coming heading west, I guess heading north and then west. Uh, excuse me, north and then east. Uh, it, it's down to one lane there, so it'll really slow you down. I had to come around that way today. Stop by the waterworks on the way to uh, to show them. That I had indeed had a leak, uh, justifying the thousands of gallons of water that um, that that we used last month. We didn't use my yard. Uh, I don't know if it enjoyed it. Maybe I'll find out. You know, in spring when when things green up, I'd have lush lawn if I don't have a swamp out there. But uh, but went by and and uh, took them the the proof that we had indeed had a leak and it had been repaired. And and one one more big shout out to uh, to Watley Brothers. Um, Capers, uh, Capers came by. Well, actually, David was there first, then then Capers, and they uh, uh, dug up through the through the mud, and I mean mud, and found the there was a. Uh, I hadn't seen it yesterday when we left. You know, I was getting, I had to leave before they finished, uh, and and they had found it was just a tiny little little crack in one of the PVC connectors. About, uh, I guess, I guess standard length must have been 12 feet or so away from, from the water main and from that tiny little crack. If you've ever seen the damage water can do, I mean, look, uh, you know, look, look at canyons, look at, look at the, look, uh, look at the Grand Canyon. Uh, that's what water can do. Um, but I mean, yes, it had been going, I guess, for probably a month and a half, I guess, or something like that. And that's a part of my yard. I don't know if I if it's fortunate that I don't usually walk in because I would have been stuck up to my knees if I tried to walk out there. But uh, but yeah, uh, Watley Brothers did a great job of of finding of getting 
the uh, um, the cracked connector out, replacing it, and then also putting in a uh, pressure regulator because the pressure coming into my house was about twice as normal, twice of what it should be as normal. Now you would think, you would think that that would be something the city would not the city uh, it would would not be keen on the water pressure being twice as high as it should be coming out of the meter. But I, I guess, um, according at least to uh, to my conversations, that's my problem. Uh, and so now that's solved. Uh, but, but uh, yeah, again, uh, more than a tip of the cat to, uh, to Watley Brothers for taking care of everything. I mean, they were great, great guys, too. Uh, listeners to the show that's that's always nice but uh but very friendly and did, did a great job cleaned up what i was going to say though is i hadn't had a chance to see it and when i got home last night it was dark so i couldn't really tell i could you know re- as i'm pulling in the driveway the headlights shone there for just a second but uh man i mean great job of cleaning it up too uh and as 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 much as you could considering i had a huge mound of wet clay that they had to work with. All right. Anyway, so that's taken care of. Uh, but do be careful if you're, if you're, um, you know, if you're on university or Shug Jordan, um, it's, it's probably not going to move as quickly as you would like. So Dan will be in in a few minutes. I'll let him, t- well, I'll go ahead and I'll go ahead and, and do the, uh, no, Dan's pulling in. I'll save that for him. I'll tell you that our number one of the drive is uh, brought to you by our friends at Kia of Auburn on South College and KiaofAuburn.com. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. And uh, the sponsor of our hotline, where we welcome in guests. And, yes, it's Tuesday, so that means we have guests each hour. Barrett Salee, oh, man, we'll, I'm sure we will hear him lament uh, about the big story of the day here uh, briefly. But Barrett will be with us at the bottom of this hour. And then uh, Jake Crane and Jake with news today. Uh, no longer the J-Boy show. It's Crane and company. Uh, he's, he's, got, he's got new digs now. So we'll talk with Jake at the um, after our 5.30 break. And they will be on the Kia of Auburn hotline. The rest of the time, we'll open up the hotline for your calls, questions, comments. And the number to get you through is 334-321-1390. So, uh, so yes, we will, uh, we'll talk about quite a few things today. Let's go ahead and hit you with the, the big news right now. Is it Major League Baseball not going to be able to start on time? Yesterday, after talks lasted into the wee hours, well after midnight, I believe around 2 o'clock Central Time last night, uh, they decided to extend the deadline until 4 o'clock Central Time this afternoon. And uh, the the owners presented what they called their best and final offer to the union a little over an hour ago, and it didn't take the union. I mean, it didn't take them any time. They immediately unanimously rejected it. So Rob Manfred right now holding a press conference where he is announcing that the start of the Major League Baseball season is being postponed. When, when these things happen in professional sports, I'm often accused of, of being too pro-labor and to anti-ownership, and I concede uh, that that can be the case 
most of the time when there's a dispute between ownership and labor in in professional in team sports. And I, I will I will say this. And I love baseball. I, I really probably love and have loved baseball more than any other sport my whole life because, I mean, I, I don't know why, but but I have felt many times through baseball negotiations that, yeah, the owners are, are, are greedy, whatever you want to call it, but the players are just not very bright. I mean, I think the union uh, pushes for too much. At times. But I think the players are in a tough spot because I'm not sure how united the owners are, right? It seems like there are mm-hmm. maybe different groups of owners that want different things. Right. And, and maybe there are ownership groups at the bottom end of the revenue, uh, at, at, at the, at the bottom end of the, of, of the, 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 revenue share that are looking to get the best possible deal for themselves and right. looking to get every penny while maybe teams that bring in a lot of revenue are looking for different sort of concessions well, you, you, out out of players and want want players to be able to reach free agency earlier so they can they can sign those players and aren't as afraid of these sorts of things so it's tough for the the players association to negotiate against ownership groups that that maybe have different goals sure in you the do. first and, place and i was going to say because it's always been there are some there are some owners that are in it for the business there are others that are in it for the love of the game. There are others that want to just win. Yeah, I mean, there there is not ever a united front because they're not in it for the same reason. Right, and I think if I had to lay the blame at, at the feet of one group primarily in this case, the reason we're not going to have an opening day as scheduled, I think it's because there is, I want to say, a slight majority of owners now in Major League Baseball that are more concerned about things other than the competitive the competitive product that they're putting on the field right like they're not as terribly concerned about I doing, guess I, doing whatever they can to to put the best product on the field possible versus maybe figuring out how to keep as much of the of the money that major league baseball allows teams to share in for themselves i think that's a that's not yeah. every that's not every ownership group but i think there's the the teams that aren't terribly concerned about winning you know that they're they're starting to have a larger voice in the room and i mean look look the owners offered a minimum minimum salary of $700,000 sure well, well no it's not but it's not sal- just it's not just know, about minimum I salary know, oh i know it's not but come on Right, but well, no. I, I mean, I think that there are there are a lot of things that. But I mean, I'm. I mean, are you presenting the the opinion that the players should have accepted this best and final offer from the owners? Because, I mean, the, uh, yeah, I think they should. I don't have. think they should have. I mean, that's well, yeah. I mean, I think that's where. I mean, I think that they the owners were using the leverage of if you don't take this offer, we're going to cancel opening day. But who's making that decision? The owners are, and and so I mean, I just. I don't know. Well, what do you want them to do? You want them to play like they did last time and then have the players strike and end the, no, at the end of the season? I, no, I, that's what happened the last time they decided to play when they didn't have an agreement. It feels like there's enough to go around here. and I think there is, too. Right, and I'm not... I, I'm, I think the owners have given a lot more than the than the union seems to want. Yeah, to I, mean, I just... I just the union think, doesn't seem to want to give anything. Yeah, I just think... No, you're right. I mean, there, there probably need to be concessions on both sides, but I, I just think that this... It's it's disappointing to see that as the best offer Oh, it's offer disappointing, from the period. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. So we, we we can talk more about that. I mean, I don't know that uh, baseball is going to be our main topic throughout the day as we're into the final week of the SEC regular basketball season. Uh, spring football practice for Auburn's less than two weeks away, but spring football is underway 
around the country. Uh, Bill, Dan, uh, making it in. Yeah, we talked about the traffic. Uh, we're here in the WOW Business Studio. That's right. You can get two months free on super fast business internet when you switch to WOW. Details at switchtowowbusiness.com. Mention the Kia of Auburn hotline. Again, we welcome your calls, questions, comments. 334-321-1390. You can also text the show 334-564-1840 on the drive text box presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. Shout out to Derek and everybody at Southeastern oh, yes. Industrial Contractors. Uh, and let's get to the uh, Kia of Auburn hotline and Megan gets us started. Hey, Megan. Hey, how y'all doing today? Doing fine. I was just wondering if for those that are out on the road, you know, do people ever get lost? Do they not know where to go or what they're looking for? Oh, absolutely. I do I do it um, more than occasionally. So uh, what, would you, what would you say to those people? People that get lost and don't know where to go. It's like I don't know how I don't know how I ever got by without having uh, uh, navigation or something like that. I don't know. I'd say ask somebody, which is a very unguy like thing to do. Yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> I, I have asked, and I'm, I'm getting answered with nothing. Anything we can help you with? I mean, can can we help guide you anywhere? Well, I'd like to know where the game is. Oh, the, well, the, the game tom- tomorrow night in, in Starkville? Uh, no, the, the one today. Uh, well, we've got, oh, there's, 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 there's baseball today. I'm um, not, not really sure which game we're talking about. We'll, we'll get into a lot of things. We've got, there's, there's high school baseball today. There's university baseball today. Um, not really sure what, what game. Um, what what sport are we talking about, Megan? Um. Okay. Yeah. Appreciate the phone call, well, Megan. I, you know, I hope I, everything's okay. I, 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 yeah. I didn't want to. I didn't want to. That was. You don't want to ask if everything's all right, but you also don't want to ask if if that's a serious call. Uh, so that was a, right. Pre- appreciate the phone call, Megan. Um. I mean, we'll, we'll try. Whatever. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Bill, Dan, Drew as a control. That was off from the start. I'll, I'll, yeah, say, you're I'll right. say that about you're the right. I mean, I, I just and I didn't know where it was going, but I thought, well, we'd, we'd ride it out and uh, and see. We'll get to our first break of the afternoon. Love for you to join in as we're just underway here on the Tuesday Drive. The drive continues. 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 The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. And on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Back into the drive here on this Tuesday afternoon. Bill and Dan, Drew at the controls here in the Wild Business Studio, taking your calls, questions, comments on the Kia of Auburn hotline. Again, Barrett Salee will join us at the bottom of this hour, and uh, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure Barrett will have some thoughts on the on the uh, uh, non-start of baseball, and then uh, Jake Crane of the of the new Crane and Company. That is the new. Ukraine and company. I realize as I said that, that might sound like I was saying Ukraine and company. No, 
Crane and Company. It's no longer the J-Boy show. That's right. Crane and Company, the yes. uh, the, the new name of, uh, of Jake's Enterprise. And still the same old Jake Crane, though. So we're going to talk yeah. to him we'll in talk hour him. number two about everything going on in the world of Auburn sports. That is correct. 334-321-1390. And to the phone we go. And Tommy is up first this segment. Hey, Tommy. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Um, a couple of things. Has a replacement been named for Coach K at Duke? Yeah, it's the um, it's uh, is it uh, Shiler? Is it isn't it John 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 Shiler? I think has been uh, Skyler. I think it's Shiler who guy. It's the former player who was uh, okay. who was named the uh, right. They they considered. I think Amaker was also considered mm-hmm. the former uh, Michigan. Shire. Yeah, John Shire. 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 Uh, the uh, he had another. I think there was another. Uh, there, there was a there was a, a Skyler player too that was yeah. also in the Duke in the Duke lineage. But yeah, he's the uh, he's the replacement for Coach K. Okay. Is Roy Williams still at uh, North Carolina? No, he uh, resigned last year. Hubert Davis is uh, in mm-hmm. his first season as the right. uh, as the head coach of the Tar Heels. I heard a story about the, uh, the the North Carolina Duke game on Saturday being, I think it's the the most expensive regular season ticket in team sports history, uh, as far as the uh, the the, the get in price. Or the average ticket for the uh, for the game at Cameron Indoor, the final North Carolina Duke game, with Coach coached K. by K- yeah. Coach K. It's it's going to be uh, some some crazy average price or or lowest lowest uh, price to, to get in the to get in the building. Uh, another thing, you may have already talked about this. I haven't. I listened most days, but maybe I missed it. But there was a reporter that wrote an article this week about. I think he called fourteen high school prominent high school coaches, and none of them none of them had heard from or had a relationship with Coach Harson. One of them he mentioned was Thompson High School, and I just found that very hard to believe. Did you do you know about that article, and do you think it's... Legit? Yeah, I did. Bennett, Bennett Durando from the uh, Montgomery Advertiser wrote that. Um, uh, I think that was I think that was also done over the last few weeks. And, you know, I, I do... Uh, I do know, uh, no, I haven't been involved in the conversations, but there has been a concerted effort by Auburn and Brian Harson to, uh, to, to really invigorate, uh, the contacts and, uh, has, has, there, there have been quite a few more contacts from Auburn throughout the state and the Southeast over the last couple of weeks. Right. And even in the article, there was sort of a mixed bag of, yes. of coaches who had heard from Brian Harson, but still, like you said, a, uh, you know, a, a troubling list of coaches who had had very little contact mm-hmm. with Brian Harson or anyone else affiliated with Auburn University, and and I do think that article, you know, from from what I heard, that article resonated within the athletic department and and led to some outgoing phone calls even that day. Yep. Uh, that you know the, the day it was published uh, to, uh, to to try to build bridges and do a better job of ingratiating Brian Harson with high school coaches around the uh, around, around the southeast. And and there was a um uh, there there was a, a story written. I'm trying to remember which one of the, uh, the, the websites that covers Auburn, uh, had one, uh, may, may have been Keith Niebuhr today on 24 seven, uh, about Coach Harson zooming with players, parents, and, uh, try expressing to them, um, you know, how, you know, how much he has learned from the difference in Boise to Auburn and, uh, sort of expressing, uh, how much more he he realizes he needs to be out there. So I mean, maybe it maybe it had a a, a good good impact. Uh, there's no question it was heard, as Dan said. I've also heard that the uh, the new and I'm not sure his title. It may be director of player personnel, but um, uh, Stephen Ruzik, who came in from North Carolina, 
has had a huge impact as well, and and that Auburn is much more focused on uh, uh, and and has having a lot more contacts with coaches and players throughout the Southeast now. I mean, I'm pulling for Coach Harson, but two things about that concern me: one, that a newspaper guy had to write an article to get get their, get their attention, and then uh, you know that's just, that's just kind of concerning, but. When he got here 14 months ago, I mean, some of the first things he should have done was touch base with some of these huge high schools like Thompson. He just has tons of talent. And um, but anyway, I just wanted to ask you about the coaches up at Duke North Carolina and check on that article. No, I think you know, yeah, I, appreciate it, Tommy. Great, great questions, and yes. I think uh, some yeah, some troubling stuff again. Not to not to overreact, but some troubling stuff in that article uh, about a uh, uh, the, the Bennett Durando piece about Brian Harson's in-state recruiting strategies the uh mm-hmm. and and you know i thought ed rigby uh, who i do disclosure i do know personally uh, the, the coach at uh, ufala i thought he had a great point that places like ufala high school not just exclusively ufala but a lot of places you want to get to know these high school coaches because even in years where they don't have sec caliber recruits that you can sign they're probably playing against teams that do and you can get uh, a set of eyes on a player that maybe plays in his region or is playing on that coach's schedule. And there's there's any number of benefits to building relationships like that. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to give – I don't want to suggest that it took a newspaper reporter uh, to, uh, you know, sh- shining a light on this uh, to, to get Brian Harson and, and company in gear. Uh, but, but it certainly would seem like in recent days and weeks – there's been a lot more momentum as far as trying mm-hmm. to build uh, relationships with, uh, with with key figures in the state. And, uh, I mean, I, I would say yes. I mean, Bennett's, Bennett's story came out uh, after, after... Great, great after, story, by the way. Oh, do, do credit, do credit to Bennett Durando. Oh, he did a lot of work. Yeah, absolutely did a lot of work with that. I mean, it came out after the um, concerns, some of the concerns that, uh, you know, that folks had had with uh, Brian Harson were were made public, um, and and I mean it was a, a, a yeah good job of of you know getting together as as much information as he could. Again, I I really feel right now that there is there has been a there has been a big change in the direction of Auburn uh, recruiting under Brian Harson, and I think it's yes. It is in part, and I'm not saying it's a small part, due to the the inquiry, uh, that story. But I think it's also part of the I think it's part of the learning process that Brian Harson talked about um, uh, when when he spoke following the bowl game about he's learned more in this year than he than he'd ever learned before because it is such a different animal in the Southeastern Conference than it is. Uh, obviously, in, in uh, out west at Boise, and you mentioned Stephen Ruzik. You also don't want to dismiss the possibility that he hired some folks since the season. Oh ended yes, that that have mm-hmm. that have decided to steer things onto uh, you know a, a more favorable uh, path. Appreciate the phone call. I think Terry's next. Yeah, hey Terry. Hey guys, how y'all doing? Doing fine. Great. Hey, I surprised. two comments. First of all, I like callers like Megan because they make me look intelligent. Uh, second of all, that's not that, that's not that's not. Um, that's really bothersome. What what that I wrote? If if, if I heard the, the caller and you guys write about not a good rush, but you know, I, I will salute Brian Harson for the standpoint things are changing. He's got to learn that. But boy, that really hurts. That, that's bothersome because Nick Saban and Kirby Smart people like to already have a leg up on you. Don't let them use that the foot and they only to kick you with it. No, but if 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 he is, I mean, if they have 
you know, decided to, to, to go at it and learn from that first year. Hey, you already were behind and weren't going to have the opportunity because of COVID during part of that time. So it's not like it's insurmountable, but, I mean, it has obviously put them in a hole. Right. Well, let me ask you guys a baseball question. You were talking about the, the situation a while ago. Bill, did you say they offered them $700,000 a year? How far apart are they? Uh, well, that's not that's not the biggest sticking point. I mean, okay. they right. they want a they want a a larger percentage, basically, of the pot. That's like Dan was talking about. And and there's some things like trying to get to free agency earlier, and the well, the players of, the play, yeah. I think the players did back off they, of that a little bit. There, there were some there were more contentious things at the start of the negotiations. Uh, it's, it's, it's yeah, not just free agency. It's when they're uh, eligible for arbitration at the first. Right. First. Well, the situation where the players need to know more about what the owners really make, or the owners really scared of that. Because if I see what they make, they're going to say some we of them a lot are, more than we're getting. Some of them are, and some of the other owners are going, look, we don't, so that's fine. That's one of the problems, like Dan was talking about, is the owners are anything but a united front, but the ones that have the most money have the most power. Well, so I'm with you, Bill. I just say don't start the season at all, because if you stop in the middle of the season, that's going to be that's more disastrous than anything. That's like firing a coach in the middle of the year. That just it, 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 there, There's nothing but negative connotations through the whole thing. Right, and, and I'm, I guess I... You know, it, it seems like what's disappointing was the lack of urgency to get a deal done before now, right? I mean, right. you think about when, I mean, this lockout started right after the World Series. And, I mean, there was a little bit of free agency. And then, you know, they, was, it, was it December 1st? Something like that, I think, when the, yeah, CBA, think so. the CBA expired. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, there, there was no reason for there to be, I mean, there didn't need to be a flurry of activity 24 hours before a self-imposed deadline by Major League Baseball. This thing could have been worked out over weeks and months, and they could have figured out a way to share what is an incredible, I mean, the, the, the total intake and revenue is in the, I mean, it's in the nine figures, right? It's in the hundreds of billions of dollars over the last four or five years in Major League Baseball in total. You would think there's a way to divvy up that amount of money. We're not talking about, you know, the, the six bucks, right? We're talking yeah. about, I mean, there's, there's a way, you'd think there's a way to divvy up 140, 160 billion dollars, uh, over, over enough. You know, there's enough, there's enough ways to slice that pie where everybody comes away thinking they got pretty good dessert. Well, Dan, Bill, you know who's smiling the most? That's the XFL and the USFL right now because people are going to want something to watch. Ooh, I wonder no how baseball. much the USFL is smiling. They just got sued. Well, yeah. actually, yeah, the the old USFL is suing I think, Fox. I think I think we're back to I think we're back to baseball from Japan and Korea o- overnight yeah. on overnight on the ESPNs, Terry. Thank you, guys. All right, Terry, appreciate the, ham, the call, Bill. We're, we're tracking the ham fighters again. Great. That's just great. All right, we'll get to our bottom of the hour break. Barrett Salee, we'll ask him what we'll be following when we come back here on the Tuesday Drive. Turn up some more yardage on the drive. The 
Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Tuesday afternoon. Bill and Dan here in the Wild Business Studio. Drew at the controls. A beautiful Tuesday. We've got high school baseball coming up over on W. Lee. Auburn baseball coming up tonight. But sadly, the Major League Baseball season is not going to start on time. So let, let's bring in uh, a guy who... Uh, yeah, is is a, is a little bit of a baseball fan along with us, and that's that's our good friend Barrett Salee from CBSSports.com, SiriusXM. Barrett, it's a sad day. It's uh, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it, it really is. It really is ridiculous uh, that the people who run Major League Baseball absolutely hate. Major League Baseball. I mean, it is it is insane that they're sitting here after what was a great season where we got we, we talked about it a ton how the passion was in the in the stadium again all over the country and that people were not taking for granted live athletic events anymore and it just had a different feel last year. And I'm not saying that because I'm a Braves fan, although I'm very happy that the Braves won the World Series, but it, it felt different. It felt cathartic last year and. Then they go and torpedo the whole thing because Rob Manfred's an idiot. I mean, and, and look, I know it's a complicated issue, right? And people are going to take different sides. But really, the, the rich Major League Baseball players, yeah, they, they would get more money, and that's, that's good. But they really are looking out for the, the quad A guys, the guys that go up and down, the minor leaguers. Like they, they really are looking out for those guys with some of these, with some of these you know, these, these demands. And, I mean, it's just, it's, it's really ridiculous and it's sad and, you know, hopefully cooler heads prevail and we only miss two series, but I honestly doubt that'll happen since Rob Manfred's running the show. Barrett, I expressed a, a disappointment with a, the lack of urgency in the negotiation. I mean, if you think back to when the CBA expired and, and how there, there really wasn't much of a push and, and I wonder if the strategy from ownership was that they were going to try to, uh, to, to wait until as close as uh, they could get to the cancellation of opening day and use that as some of the leverage against the players to take what may what the players may have viewed as a a substandard offer and and it's you know it's it's just and I understand it you know use use whatever leverage you've got in negotiations but it's disappointing that actual regular season games I mean even a month ago key figures in this negotiation like commissioner manford were saying you know it would it would be a disaster if if regular season games were lost because of this negotiation. But yet here we are a month later, and that, that seems to be just what, what's happened because because, uh, because they couldn't reach a deal in the last few hours. Yeah, I mean, and they, the blockout's been in, in effect since, what, December 2nd? And they didn't meet for six weeks. No offer was delivered from the, from the owner's side. They're the ones who locked the players out, and they didn't even think to offer anything for six weeks. And, and yeah, I think it was part of the strategy. I think it was, um, you know, they, they wanted to hold the players' feet to the fire to see if they could stand tall. And, look, I, I mean, I think the players, there's some stubbornness on both sides. There's no doubt about it. But 
Um, this is a le- was and always has been a leverage play. Um, they didn't talk for six weeks. Major League Baseball imposed a, a one-sided deadline that the players didn't agree to. Um, it, it, it was all about trying to stronghand the negotiations. And, you know, it's, uh, it, it's led to some serious distrust, and I don't know if that's going to go away anytime soon. And, uh, you know, I just I think that in terms of, of leadership, I know the owners are all about Rob Manford making the money because that's his job. That's what he's there for. He works for them. But at some point, some owners are going to have to get together and say, all right, look, like, I get it. Like, we need to make as much money as possible, but the health of the game is going to make, make us as much money as possible, even though for, on an annual, you know, on, on your annual bottom line, it might not look that way. Long term, that's how things need to operate, but they're just not going to do that. They're just, they're, they care about every single dollar, meaning, you know, more than anything than, than the previous one. And it's just sad. Well, that's one of the things we were talking about a little while ago, Barrett. I mean, you've got owners, uh, they're, they're in it for different reasons. Some, some are in it, uh, to try to make as much as they can. There are the few that are in it because they love, they love it and they want to win. Um, but, but yeah, that's, that's one of the problems. And one thing that they never, they never seem to get is that if it's not there, people forget a little bit about it and you lose a little bit of interest in it. I mean, yeah, sure. We've got, we've got the, the end of, uh, college basketball and March Madness is about to come up. And we're terrible, and, we're and terrible examples because we're, we're, huge baseball fans but, absolutely but there are a lot of people especially younger than us who you know with every with every season maybe are, are less engaged by the major league baseball product and and if it's th- not there at the start this, of the season it's it's going to be it, it's tougher it, to try to hook them not going to help no it's not i think there is you know i wonder if you know look i, I think a lot of people that are you know my age and older or maybe even younger than me maybe 30 and older remember the the strike from 1994 i don't necessarily know that many people that moved away from it permanently um i i do know that that certainly helped the nfl because it yep, did absolutely you know, it open did. up that fall for the nfl and and so that there's that but um i think this time around um it, it is it, there's not going to be that saving grace you know uh, as backwards as it sounds, the steroid era really saved baseball. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and it did. Baseball would never admit that, but it's exactly what happened. And um, there's not gonna there's there's not gonna be something like that. I can't imagine there being something like that where it suddenly just grasps the attention of the entire sports world again. I, I can't fathom what trigger that would be. Because, I mean, steroids are, you know, that, that's, that was already out there. And you kind of knew that athletes were already doing that when the strike hit before. And baseball took it to a different level. And it helped the game recover. And, you know, obviously you're not going to do that now because, you know, they're steroids. They're illegal drugs. But what's the other, what's the next thing that can save baseball? I, I don't know if there's, there's one that exists right I now. I think the tragedy is, Barrett, that the thing that would save baseball would be a historic season. Maybe it wouldn't need to be a 70 home run season or something, but a historic season from a star like an Acuna or a Tatis or a Trout or an Otani. But you can't do that 
while the games aren't being played. You can't do that while everybody's yeah. sitting at home arguing about how to share $150 billion in revenue over the last couple of seasons uh, in, in, a, in an appropriate fashion that, that makes everybody happy. No, I mean, it's it's 100% accurate. And, you know, uh, they're, they're arguing over stuff that, you know, some of these things were, were trying to be introduced, and, and I get that the league was, you know, opposed to some of this stuff. Um like the international, the international draft, the players were opposed to, and you know all this other stuff. It's just, it's there are a lot of of really good ideas that got tied up in this, and will never happen because both sides really only the, the only real issue that they would that they were offering was the the minimum salary and the the luxury tax. Those were the real the two issues. But then now everything else has sort of gotten caught up, in it, and it's going to be hard for the game to to move forward. With um, all these, you know, small or, or medium-sized issues that were part of this negotiation being tied to the lockout, it's just—it's ridiculous. Well, we we were just uh, wondering as as we went to the bottom of the hour break. Okay, when March Madness is done, college basketball's done. Then what if we don't have baseball? And a caller said. Well, you've got this is great news for the USFL, yeah. and it's like I don't know that I don't know that the USFL is looking so great right now either. <laughs> yeah, they're getting sued too, and their season is going to get delayed. <laughs> oh, so but so so then what? Spring, with all these spring leagues, the the AAF and the XFL, and now the USFL, it's like like I understand the urge for spring football exists, and the the desires there, and the market's there. But good lord, guys! Like, just try not to screw it up. The AAF financially was just a disaster from the get-go. Now the XFL had COVID. I mean, you know, that's not its fault. But then now the USFL is getting sued by Larry Zonka of all people and the old the old owners. Like, come on, man! Like, uh, can't, yeah, like spring football get going without something ridiculous happening? I, I mean, it's not. You would think it wouldn't be that hard, but yet here we are. I'll tell you what, if if The Rock can make the XFL a success, if Dwayne The Rock Johnson can lead the XFL to success, maybe he should be president. <sighs> maybe maybe we do maybe we should well, rethink maybe we should rethink this thing and let him you know put him in charge of everything. I mean, honestly, like the XFL probably made a wise decision to like really step back and regroup after after uh after COVID, because I mean, it's looking like 2023 when that picks back up again, there might be another opening wide, wide open there for them to, to grab that market share. And uh, I mean, look, it's the NFL. I think wants it, but I mean, it's even the NFL got to get frustrated with all this stuff that happens mm-hmm. with these spring leagues. Well, now we've got. I mean, uh, we, we are at least starting spring football practice. Uh, all across the country, a lot of places already getting underway. What are some of the uh, um, some of the things you're looking for? Some of the stories that you'll be following here through the spring. Well, Clemson starts. I think it's Saturday um, is when Clemson starts. So that's that's a big one, just to see how they you know react to what happened last year and the disappointment of not contending and the fact that DJ Uyunglele could. You know, the offensive line couldn't protect him. And so really want to see how that goes down because it's not like Clemson had a bad year. They were a nine-win team in the regular season. But, um, you know, that's obviously not going to cut it. And and this is a Clemson team that obviously um, it, it, from a from a sustained success standpoint is right behind Alabama. And, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see if, if that changes. Uh, because if, 
if suddenly Dabo can't win at an elite level, then someone's got to fill that void. It might be Georgia. You know, Georgia's going to be there anyway. But I just kind of want to see what happens with Clemson. I think it's really, really interesting to see what goes down there. Brian Harson and company made a, a splashy addition to the uh, to the Auburn coaching staff in the, in the last week or so. Somebody that longtime SEC fans are certainly familiar with. NFL fans may remember him as a player or in the last 10 years as, as a position coach for a couple different franchises. What do you think of Auburn bringing in Ike Hilliard as the uh, as the new coach for its wide receivers? I like it. You know, I, mm-hmm. I think that um, obviously his success at the NFL level and in college speaks for itself i'm not necessarily sure any players really remember him all that much um you know so i think maybe for older folks like us you know that's a little bit of a bigger deal but um i think the the success that he's had coaching receivers at pittsburgh obviously speaks for itself so that's a good thing and i I know you know he's never really recruited i get that but um you know i think the he could go in and, and flash a uh super bowl ring or a national title ring that helps a lot, <laughs> you know. Even if the player doesn't know who he is, so uh, I mean, I think that he'll he'll be able to pick up on that relatively easily. And I think the the success that he's had with wide receivers at, at Pittsburgh speaks for itself. Yeah, and and his reputation as a player uh, is is uh, may not be known by the high school players, but I doubt that there are many high school coaches who won't be familiar with his name. Oh, no doubt. I mean, high school coaches will will be will, will welcome him into high schools with, with open arms. That's assuming that Brian Harson sends him to high schools, which is a different story altogether. Uh, yeah. Hey, hey Barrett, Barrett, I've got – we're going to take a hard left turn here <laughs> as far as the question. Can you explain for folks that maybe aren't totally sure what's going on, what on earth has happened with Herm Edwards and Arizona State? <laughs> and, like, what – I mean, because that, that feels like – I mean, it is – it's like it's, – it's a ship that's been slowly taken on water. For a couple of years, right, and it's just barely afloat at the moment. Like there, a lot, lot of, lot of coaching changes. Um, you, you had the the president gave that bizarre interview uh, where, where he talked about how Herm Edwards hasn't done anything wrong himself, even though Herm Edwards was implicated in some of the stuff that uh, you know caused uh, the probation and and you know some of the the penalties that Arizona State received. What, what's going on with, with, with Arizona State football and Herm Edwards? I I think that. His act is worn thin. Uh, I think that he came in, obviously, and, and was selling that you know NFL model to a college football program not, and, and tried to really, really sell it like it was a big deal, even though pretty much every college football program has the chief of staff and a development of player personnel guys, you know, all that stuff. Um, he tried to sell it as if it was something unique, and recruits didn't buy it all that much, although they had recruited a little, little bit better. And at the same time, he basically said, we're not going to follow the college rules. You know, that, that you hired a bunch of NFL guys who quite honestly don't care about, you know, some of the recruiting restrictions you have. So, um, and then on the, at the same time, I don't think that his personality resonated as much as he thought. I think that he figured that a lot of, of high school players would look at him and think, um, you know, analyst on NFL, on the NFL, on ESPN, he's, he's going to be a superstar. He's going to be a great player, a coach to play for. I don't think that really anybody cared all that much um so on top of that skirting the rules trying to to weasel his way to, into having practices and hosting recruits when he's not supposed to just he he doesn't care about high school rules and, and or college rules and while we might argue how stupid they are 
they're still they still exist. There's still rules. Yeah, that's not, right. We're not head coaches. They, you know, so we're not we're not head coaches in the pack in the Pac-12. Bro. Yeah, you you can you know you can argue to the authorities how stupid a lot of laws and rules are, but uh, uh, if, if, if yeah, but if yeah. you drive on the road, good luck. You sort of accept that you're going to follow them. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Oh, that speed limit. Well, I can go 20 miles an hour over it, but not 30. You know, it's like, come on. Yeah, if we're if we're just objecting to it from the sideline and never driving a car, it's fine if we complain uh, about speed that's limits. Right. Yeah, I, I just wonder how Herm Edwards like is this? Is he going to make it to the season? And if so, how many games into the season before this thing uh, capsizes? I think he'll he'll make it to the season, but uh, beyond that, I don't think it's going to last very much longer. I just don't. You know, they're not very good. They haven't developed players. Uh, recruiting wise, they're okay in terms of that division, but it's uh, it for for uh, Herm. You know, that's too little, too late. He's had time to develop his players. It hadn't happened, and so I don't think it lasts the entire season. Barrett, uh, yeah, always fun, man. We went in a few different directions today, but uh, that hey, that's that's why we do it. It's uh, it's it's a lot of fun. Let everybody know what what you've got coming up and how they can uh, keep up with it. Yeah, we have a lot of spring previews coming up this week. Uh, Dennis Dada has a preview coming out tomorrow uh, from a national perspective, and then we're going to be doing uh, team uh, previews depending on which team starts on what date and uh, try to keep everybody covered in what should be a pretty interesting spring practice session considering there's so many transfers. Barrett, uh, on vacation next week, I guess you won't be uh, heading down to uh, to spring to spring training, but uh, but enjoy no, it. I will be in Florida. Oh, that's good. Good, good yeah, time but, for it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, not going to Northport. If I go to Northport, I'll be bored anyway because, honestly, outside of spring training, there's nothing. Yeah. All right. Well, have fun, man. We'll talk to you in a couple hey, of weeks. Hey, Barrett, maybe maybe come down to the uh, Pac-12. Or, no, we got the Sun Belt Tournament in Pensacola uh, this week. Maybe see if CNN, uh, CBS can, uh, can can send you down to uh, to, uh, to to cover that one. I'll, say, I'll save you a seat on press row. I will. I will do my – hey, you know what? Our MLB writers are probably going to be pretty bored, too. Maybe they can go. <laughs> Everybody's welcome, I'm sure. Barrett, thanks, man. <laughs> Have a great week. See you guys. All right, Barrett Salee. So yep. So we'll talk with him again in a couple of weeks. Uh, I'm sure there, there will have been a couple of things that have gone on between now and then. We need to get to our final break of hour number one. Stick with us here on the Tuesday Drive. Now, more of The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Oh, welcome back in. Final couple of minutes of hour number one of the Tuesday Drive. Again, our thanks to Barrett Salee for joining us, uh, as he does most Tuesdays. Now, next Tuesday, yeah, he already had vacay plans, so he'll be back in a couple of weeks. If you missed it, though, check out the podcast. That's right. You can get podcasts of The Drive anywhere you listen to podcasts. Just search for The Drive with Bill Cameron, and you will find it. Uh, podcasts are available on the ESPN au.com podcast center uh, you can go to the espn 1067 app or just go to your favorite podcast platform and search for the drive with bill cameron podcast of the drive presented by southeastern industrial contractors just about out of time here at hour number one of the drive we'd love for you to join in in the second hour where the phone lines will be wide open for the first half hour before we check in with jake crane w- want to wish a happy fat tuesday to our considerable Absolutely. Our considerable Louisiana 
fan base. We know we've got <laughs> listeners on uh, over on the Bayou. I had I had uh, the last leftovers of uh, Cindy's red beans and rice Ooh. today for lunch. Should I, should I try to find some king yeah. cake at some point between now and oh, the... Yeah. Oh, man. Ooh. If we'd known, right? of course, you were out of town for the... Uh, for the, wedding, for the wedding shower yeah. that was held. And, and yes, Teresa and Floyd did everything uh, as, as with the Mardi Gras theme. There was two king cakes. Uh, they were delicious. Oh, love, you know, I, I, I missed out. <coughs> we had but, red you know, beans and rice. Outstanding. We had, yeah, we had, we, had, we had some great. I may, scr- I may scramble after, uh, after the show and see what I can find. Yeah, you should. All right, we're halfway done here on the Fat Tuesday Drive. Les Bontemps Roulet. That's exactly right for hour number two. Sports Leader, ESPN 1067, a broadcast service of Auburn Network Incorporated. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome in. Hour number two of the Tuesday Drive. Hope everybody doing well. Another beautiful day here in uh, in East Alabama. Hope everybody doing well. Bill, Dan, and Drew. Last time we're together for the rest of the week is Dan will be uh, headed down to the Gulf for conference tournament basketball. That's right. Looking forward to uh, spending the rest of the week in uh, Pensacola, Florida, down at the Sun Belt conference tournament first uh second year that the conference tournament's being held that this is the first year that they're doing everything at the pensacola bay center some of it was held at pensacola state uh huh. last okay. year to sort of share oh, bay the, Center's uh, cool yeah, yeah. no that yeah the whole the whole thing's going to be at the bay center uh if uh if if the trojans win on friday they'll play on sunday if they win on sunday they will play monday that game the finals will be on espnu of course most of the conference finals are on national television for all of the different leagues the mid-major leagues get to play Conference finals on 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 some degree of national television and uh, and the Troy yeah Troy's going to be or the the teams in the finals of the Sun Belt tournament the women will be on ESPNU on Monday morning and the men will play on ESPN two on Monday evening in the finals at the Pensacola Bay Center on Monday hopefully the Trojans yeah hopefully still you won't be back until Tuesday that's then. right hopefully I'll be able to uh, to stay uh, for for a week and and enjoy myself down in the uh, down in the Panhandle. We're uh, just underway here in hour number two of the uh, Fat Tuesday Drive, coming to you from the WOW Business Studio. That's right. You can get two months free on super fast business internet when you switch to WOW. Details at switchtowowbusiness.com. Hour number two of the drive brought to you by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care, with locations in Auburn and Opelika, on the web at orthoclinic.com. And we welcome your calls, questions, comments on the Kia of Auburn hotline. And 
Uh, Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one, and the number to get you through is 334-321-1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840, on the drive text box presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. Let's get back to the Kia of Auburn hotline, and we'll head down to... Yeah, where are we Louisiana. going? Where are we going, Bill? We're going to head down to well, we're, we're going to head down to Louisiana. I was, I was, I was, you know, it's it's. Uh, we'll red, we'll go to Red Stick, okay? And uh, and Tex, Tex. Hey, hey, I apologize. I was being a little sarcastic about not living on the bayou, and not all of us live on water. And then all of a sudden, I realized, well, I do live on. Yeah, water. I was going to say, man, it's around the corner from your house. Wait what a, are you talking wait about? A minute. You don't, you I've don't been live, to your house. You don't live on you don't live on Lake Pontchartrain, but you but you do live you do live on the water. Man, it's it's yeah. yes, I do. Yeah, there there so a lot of a lot of places a lot of places down around you are going to be very close to if not on the water. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I live on a lake that's about uh, two hundred yards from the Amy River. So mm-hmm. uh, anyway. Uh, sorry, I was just being a little sarcastic because it's always funny. Uh, Cindy's got a good friend in Omaha who swears we have alligators in the backyard that everybody does that lives down here. Uh, we've had them before, but we don't have them every day. It's not like they're, they're living back there all the time. Yeah, you know, but, when, uh, when I lived, when, when I, as, a, as a youngster, when, uh, when we lived in New Orleans, uh, didn't have, we didn't have gators in the backyard, but, I mean, I seriously could go out and grab a handful of crawfish any day, just from just from the ditch that was in the backyard. Okay, so when I lived in Saint Petersburg, Florida, <laughs> as as a kid, it's we, like can you top this? No, no we like... we we did. I was in uh, I was in Harbor Isle, which you can look up. It's you know on the uh, it's the south the southeast portion of of, of Saint Petersburg, and we we had. Uh, a, a little body of water in the neighborhood that that flowed, I think, eventually into Tampa Bay, and we absolutely had gators that would that would show up every now and then, and you'd see them. You know, it, it not not they wouldn't get they wouldn't get right up to the back door of the house or anything, but you could stand in your back door and see an alligator or two hanging out in the uh, in, in in the uh, in the body of water, and you'd make sure make sure the pets are on a leash when they were uh, when, when they were running around outside if you wanted to keep them. Uh. On the ground, they're way more dangerous on the ground than they are in the water. So, Ab- absolutely, so you know. absolutely. So, so uh, Dan, there is actually a place that you may have a shot uh, at King Cake today, and I, but I don't know if it's open. It's called the Nolabama Snack Shack in Dadeville. And hmm. I'm telling you about it specifically because they have the world-famous Gambino's King Cakes. Uh, I don't know if they're open today or not, but if they are, it would be worth the little trek up the road. You know what? I, I might I uh, might reach out, and I'll tell you what. If anybody else goes there after the plug you just gave them, tell them you heard about it on the drive with uh, with, with with Bill Cameron. I mean, it's a, you, you've 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 been to this place before. I'm guessing, Tex. Yes, it's in the center of uh, Dadeville, not too far from uh, uh, another bottle did, did, of water uh, did, that did, I'm fond of. <laughs> well, I was going to say, did did Cindy find that for you, or did did you come across that yourself? I stumbled on that myself. Huh. Uh, somebody had sent me and said, hey, have you ever heard of this place? And so I started looking for it, and I finally found it. We're, so, we're, on, in, uh, uh, we're on in Dadeville on uh, Fox Sports uh, 98.3. You, you, you can hear us uh, clear as day there you know, in the Lake Martin adjacent communities on the, the 280 corridor. So uh, yeah, it could be – I don't know if I'm going to make it up to Dadeville tonight, but there could be some folks, uh, could, could be some folks in the area who, uh, who, who take, uh, take up your suggestion, Tex. Yes. And and then that being said, I, I just will tell you, it's gonna, down here you're not going to see them after today. 
So right. they, they basically stop immediately at midnight tonight mm-hmm. when they start raking up all the beads and everything. So, by the way, locals typically don't go to uh, – locals in Baton Rouge typically don't spend a lot of time at Mardi Gras parades. I, t- I tell people all the time, if I want people to throw stuff at me down here, I'll go to the Auburn-LSU game in my orange Auburn shirt. <laughs> I, I wonder, so. Tex, I wonder if there's going to be a, a, a more intensified – Mardi Gras celebration because the last couple of years caused it to be postponed. When I was in Mobile at the beginning of uh, of, of February uh, for, I think it was the first parade they'd had since 2019 in Mobile for, for Mardi Gras celebrations. And it was, a, I mean, there, there was a, I, I didn't get too close to it the Friday night before the game, but there was a, I mean, you could tell there was a real celebration going on in downtown Mobile, and I wonder if that's going to be the norm for Mardi Gras celebrations around the Southeast, because they, it's the first first one in a couple of years yep. with with few or no restrictions. Yeah, they're saying that, uh, especially in New Orleans, now the smaller cities around, uh, like even the Baton Rouge parades this past weekend, that there were a lot of out-of-town people, but the New Orleans has been more locals, meaning Louisiana. No, we call it North Shore, the North Shore of the Ponce Train, and then up into Baton Rouge have all been going down to New Orleans. They've had pretty good crowds, I, I will tell you that. And the great thing about it is it's been peaceful and there's not been a lot of trouble. And, you know, when you mix alcohol and alcohol with the alcohol that they had the day before that had worn off, it uh, it can get kind of a little crazy, but they it's been really good from from all reports that we get from down there. Everything's going pretty good. Hey, uh, baseball tonight. Who's starting? Oh, let's see. Uh, no, it's tonight. There's tonight, tomorrow night. There's six games this week. So right. uh, hold on, I build stretch for him. I'll, I'll pull it up. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say I'd, I'd gotten a couple of uh, notifications, but I hadn't looked at the starter. For tonight, I just sent Matt my I just sent Matt my ticket. Yeah, the Al- the Alabama ago. State game tonight, right? Yes. All right. So right. We're looking at the uh, looking at the preview, and we've got uh, the probable starters are Connor Copeland uh, would be the uh, the starter tonight, and then Mason's the starter tomorrow night, or uh, according to according to the uh, according to AuburnTigers dot com. Hmm. So Connor, Connor, yeah, I was going to say with with six games this week, uh, if you don't get to throw. Um, uh, you know, it's probably it's probably not a good sign. Copeland this is week. the Copeland is the Pensacola State transfer originally from Saraland, who was a uh, junior college All American and Panhandle Conference Pitcher of the Year last year at Pensacola State. That ought to be interesting. Uh, and I would expect most guys instead of going ones like they did a lot this past weekend. I think you'll see more of three and fours, especially with six mm-hmm. games going this oh, week. Yeah. So, uh, any uh, word? Everybody's healthy coming into the game tomorrow night, the basketball game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I haven't, I mean, heard, of, haven't heard of anybody really. The, uh, I'm, the know, injury, injured. I mean, Flanagan's the guy, right? That they're sort of monitoring, you know, right. as he works his way back from injury. But I don't think there's been any sort of official word as to, you know, if there's anything still wrong with Alan Flanagan or if it's just lingering effects of the injury that that set him back so thoroughly uh, last summer well i tell you, i thought saturday he was a guy that in spurts played really really good it was interesting to watch him and green get on the board some which is kind of strange to see green rebound in the basketball but i thought green's impact was more on the boards than it was uh 
distributing the basketball on Saturday. But I thought Flanagan overall, that made overall, meaning defensively, and uh, his impact on the boards was his best game. Right, I don't want to scapegoat Alan Flanagan for when the team struggles too much either. I mean, he's he's just the one player that I think, from an injury standpoint, unless there's unless there's somebody I'm not thinking about. No, I don't he, think so. He, he's he's the guy that that would be is is, is the one they're still sort of monitoring uh, health wise going into uh, going into this you know this week and beyond. Well, he's a very physical three. So uh, I wonder if they've ever thought about playing Kessler and Carwell together and moving Jabari to the three at times. They've talked, I mean, well, Bruce has been asked about that. He feels that that really is going to affect the team defensively. He uh, and, and, and that's, you know, that's the first thing for Bruce. As, uh, as, as, as fun as the offense and the scoring on points can be, if, you know, he's going to put his five best defenders that he can on the court at the same time, and he just feels like that really takes away from the perimeter defense. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. So uh, is that why probably we don't play the three guards? Because Flanagan, uh, if we play three, the, the I call them really the point guards. So the one in the right. Two, you don't play the, the three the, undersized guys at the same time. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's uh, so that would make sense as to why you don't do that. You play Cambridge and you play Flanagan. Well, I think it's also it's also a reason why you don't see Jalen at the three. Right. Very much either is yeah. sort of concerns about, or, or, or yeah, con- concerns about the mismatches you yeah. could create by not having somebody who, who fits Alan Flanagan's profile as a perimeter defender. That's why it's so impressive what the team was able to do without him, right? When you, when you think about what a big role he plays mm-hmm. in defending the best two, three on, on the other team for 25, 30 minutes a game, regardless of what kind of offense you're getting. It's amazing that this team was able to, to do so much without Alan, uh, before Alan came back. Well, and I'm rooting hard for him because last year he gave up a lot having to play the point, and he's worked his rear end off to get back. So I'm rooting for the young man, and I hope going down the stretch here he's a bit has a big impact in the games. Hey, I hope you find your king cake, Dan. Appreciate it, Tex. I'll, I'll let you know. All right, guys. Take, all right, take care. Appreciate it, Tex. 334-321-1390. That is the Kia of Auburn hotline. we got about 15 more minutes uh, that we'll be able to take calls before we're joined by Jake Crane. Why don't we go ahead and get to our first break here of hour number two. Come on in here on the Tuesday Drive. Let's get back to the drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com and on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in. Tuesday edition of the drive, and yes, it is. Uh, it is Fat Tuesday. Yes, at the uh, Mardi Gras. Of course, the U.S. origin mobile. Uh, you know, right, an, Al- an Alabama original, right? Bill? That that is exactly right. Uh, I've, I've said this before. I mean, I've I've seen some I've seen some things. Um, seen the the mobile Mardi Gras. It's funny from from. From the first celebration I saw of of uh, Fat Tuesday and and uh, the partying leading up to Lent, to moving closer to the origin in in the U.S., 
They sort of seemed tamer as they went along because we, I grew up 60 miles and, you know, went to high school and grew up, grew up in uh, South Alabama. So we'd see what was going on in Mobile. But my first and second grade, I was in New Orleans and we, you know, so seeing it was, it was a little wilder in New Orleans than, than it was in Mobile. Um, at least it sure seemed that way to me. Yeah, and and you know, no. and, and I think I think the part I think that especially with you know I can't speak to what it was like in in decades past, but I you know like we were saying with text, like I think that folks folks celebrating tonight, even locally in Auburn, like I think there's a there's a feeling of oh it's you know, this, this is your first you know this is your first Fat Tuesday in a couple of years without you know the the specter of right. you know of of the pandemic looming large over it, and uh, and yeah, I think you're going to see uh you're going to see see quite a bit of uh. Of, of of revelry and stuff, and you know, like, moving away from Mardi Gras a little bit. Well, but I, wait, the, I, I, oh yeah, you I, got, you I, got wanted get, that, I wanted to get to one other. Though. Oh yeah, what do you got? Because before that, uh, but before the first grade, I grew up in Brazil. I was going to say Carnival. Yeah, and that's probably that, that's that. Maybe I maybe I was more impressionable at yeah. a younger age, but that actually that actually made New Orleans seem sort of. I tame. was going to say once you've seen. So it's me. like I said, it seemed to be getting you know, and I'd hear people going, "Wow, this is so great!" And it's like, well, you know, the last one seemed even e- even wilder. Then we moved to South yeah. Alabama. It's like, wait till you see Mardi Gras in Mobile, and that's it's like, well, I've seen it in New Orleans, and I've seen Carnival. I was going to say, not which, sure, you- which is a, like a month. Of Mardi Gras, you you were you were probably too young for any of this, Bill Cam. I can't um, believe I'm the one. Saying one day this, but... I will I'll see if I can ever find the picture. There was a picture of me at at Carnival. It's like getting ready for one of the parades at Carnival, and I wasn't that this wouldn't be politically correct. Oh now. boy! Oh boy! But I mean, all all I had I I had a feather on my head. I had a feather on my head and a band on my head, and I had a breech cloth. Okay, and. And that's what, and I was wearing more than anybody else in the background. <laughs> yeah, we'll, like, we'll we'll look we'll look for that picture. Uh, so so hey, the, I was cute. I was cute little. I was like I was like three and a half, man. So so it's okay. Full slate of uh, of college basketball. No, we'll we'll four games tonight in the in the SEC. Full slate of midweek games between tonight and tomorrow. Auburn's in Starkville tomorrow night for the final road game of the twenty twenty two season. But you got four SEC games tonight. Uh, three of them. Games with a, sort of a healthy favorite. You look in, in Tennessee's and Athens for what I imagine is the last game for Mark uh, for, uh, for 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 Crean. I would for be Tom Crean. At, at I, Georgia. I was, I'd be very very surprised. Well, no, I guess he'll he'll get he'll get the SEC tournament. Give me the last home, home last game. home game. Yeah, last I would game. I would sure think so. I'd be really it's, surprised if if he's back. It's senior day for Tom Crean at at Georgia. Do they have any seniors? I mean, it, probably probably got to transfer. Probably have a senior too. Yeah. But there, but yeah, senior. No, I mean it's senior day for him. Oh, you, you know yeah. what I mean? It's, he, he gets oh, his, yeah. Ch- yeah, his his chance to say say farewell. And you've got a, a Ole Miss in Rupp Arena against Kentucky. Number seven Kentucky is uh, that, that game's at six o'clock on ESPN. You would think Kentucky should win that one handily. You think Oscar's uh, player of the year? Yeah, that's a good question. Somebody was asking that earlier today. I think that's that's pretty likely that he is just because of the the ridiculous um, you know combo that he 
that he has there averaging nearly 15 or right at 15 rebounds a game to go along with light number of points. How many do they take on the first team? Is it seven or eight? Right? Is it's, it, is, usually, is it eight? it's usually eight. That's yeah, eight. So I, I would think the guys guys that strike me as first teamers, just, just sort of looking at the, uh, you know, from a from a cursory glance at the statistics, I would think Oscar's got a great shot of being on the first team. I would think Jabari has a pretty good shot of being on the first team. I would J.D. Think J.D. Note. J.D. Note. Scotty Pippen's leading the team yes. in scoring, so Pippen Jr.'s up there. Yeah, he was your preseason player of the year. Cass- Castleton's having a good season at the University of Florida. He's in the top ten in scoring and near the top of the league in rebounding. I wouldn't be surprised if Colin Castleton had some votes. Jaden Shackelford is, uh, oh, is somebody th- who's... You think Tennessee and Arkansas are probably going to have some representation? Well, Note, I think, would be oh. would be there. Uh, yeah. with, with, with Arkansas, it's a little bit tougher. I mean, you well, do have... I mean, well, you do have... Oh, you got Note. So, yeah, I mean, you have Note from Arkansas. Tennessee's... I- Iverson I'm, Molinar's having a good season in Mississippi State. I could see him, you know... You know hopefully, in, in, in Auburn doesn't see too much of him tomorrow. Right. I, I just think there, there could be a couple, but I would, I would think that Oscar, Note... Pippen and Jabari and probably Colin Castleton are all players that have a really mm-hmm. good shot at ending up on the first team. A couple other spots maybe up in the air, but but I, I think there's a you know there, there's work there, and I, I would agree with you. Probably Oscar uh, Oscar Sheway, probably your your SEC Conference Player of the Year at the moment. The late games. Oh no, you got one more six o'clock game. You know, South Carolina's net is terrible. They're seventeen and eleven. Uh, they, they've got a home game against Missouri. What I are think, they? Uh, are, are they eight and eight? Seven and nine. They're eight. They're eight and eight in the okay. league. They go to Auburn on Saturday. They they strike me as a team that would need to do a lot, and maybe they probably have to win the SEC tournament to actually make the NCAA's. I don't even know if South Carolina, if they won out between now and the finals of the SEC conference tournament, I don't know if it would be enough to get South Carolina into the NCAA's. They they, they might need to actually win the, the the SEC tournament next week in Tampa, but they've got Missouri at home tonight in Columbia. Of course, they play at Auburn. On Saturday in a uh, in, in a big game, depending on what happens tomorrow, maybe a very big game oh, could be for, huge for Bruce for Pearl yes. and, and the Auburn Tigers. Well, final. either either way, I mean, if Auburn wins tomorrow, then they're playing that to clinch undisputed SEC regular season. And, and how about this one? You you want a game that feels like the postseason a little bit? Seven thirty SEC Network. I don't think Florida's making the NCAA tournament if they don't win in Nashville tonight against the Vanderbilt Commodores. I think they have to oh, win. Oh, no, I think they need to win there, and then they need to beat Kentucky. And you know what? Vanderbilt's got a decent net. They're 14-14. and 14. They probably have lost too many games to actually make the NCAA mm-hmm. tournament. But Vanderbilt's got a good net. They, they, have, they, they played some tough teams at a conference. Scottie Pippen Jr. is good. Don't underestimate Vanderbilt tonight. I think Vandy is a slight favorite at home against the Florida Gators tonight. Mm. Mike White in trouble. If Florida loses and if Florida doesn't make the NCAA tournament, Bill, you, you buy in that Mike White might be in trouble if Florida's not in the Yeah, uh, I think so. I mean, we've talked about it a little bit. Florida doesn't tolerate just being good. Right. You and know, we, we, we saw that with Dan Mullen. I mean, and it would be disappointing after the way they beat Auburn. It would be disappointing for that team to slip out of the NCAA tournament entirely. They lose to Vanderbilt tonight. There's a really good shot that they are on the outside looking in, headed into the season finale on Saturday in the SEC tournament next week. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Again, uh, we'll we'll uh, talk with Jake Crane in a few minutes, so we have uh, time for a few calls. And Matt is up first. Hey, Matt. Hey guys, um, talking about football. Do of all the you know, there's been a lot of talk about how many guys we've had transfer elsewhere. But besides Bo Nix, who I think was a different sort of reason, who of those people that transferred do you think is the most likely to be missed the most? Would you say Kobe Hudson or mm. which one of those? I mean, probably maybe only one or two are going to be starters, right? 
Um, yeah, right now, I think there's some guys that, that stand a chance later on. I mean, depending on what does happen with Marquise Robinson, that could be a guy that, that down the road you really miss just because uh, after this year, Auburn will really need some help up front defensively. Um, You're right. You know, there, there's a short list of players mm-hmm. that left Auburn that seem to be in line for playing time, you know, a lot of playing time in the 2022 season. You don't want to dismiss the contributions of everybody, but it seemed like there were a lot of guys that were maybe looking to go somewhere where they could play more than they were going to play at Auburn. There are exceptions to that. Kobe Hudson is is one of them. Bo Nix is the most obvious exception. You could maybe look at the defensive line, right, Bill, and think that someone, I mean, did, did someone, Marquise Robinson? Yeah, that's what was, I was going to say. Marquise Robinson, who's still... In school at Auburn, but we don't know what he's going to do. I mean, Ian Matthews left. Trey Butler, had, maybe. Uh, I mean, yeah, Trey Butler. But I mean, Auburn, I think is okay. Yeah. For this year, uh, up front. JJ Pegues. Romello Height. JJ Pegues is a guy that Auburn. Well, I mean, yeah, well, right. my point, I guess, is they all are really potentially good players, but probably are looking for a fresh start. And it'd be, I'd be curious to see maybe. Two years from now, if there's some way to keep a list and see how many of those guys really are major contributors, I'm sure a couple of them will be. But I just think um, we all are overreacting because of the numbers and the fact that if, if we don't have any numbers for the fall, then we could you know be in trouble. I don't disagree with that. It's just um, I just think maybe the that that's overplayed a little bit because you know the the way the transfer portal works, maybe we can get some backups just as good. And the two of our receivers that are in the transfer portal haven't declared somewhere yet, right? So there's maybe a chance one of them might come back? Well, actually, uh, Javarius Johnson is working out with the team and uh, is planning on sticking around now. Oh, that's good news. Um, okay. And then um, as far as there was a there was a kid that was an offensive lineman at Cornell or somewhere like that, is, is he off the list? Yes. Or have you uh, yeah, I'm trying to remember where he went. Pick Penn State? Yes, I think he did. Okay. All right. And um, last question: When is when spring practice starts in a week or so? Starts a week from Monday, March fourteenth. So, do you think you guys you, will see a number one quarterback coming out of the? You think it'll be, you know, a number one, number two, or you think there'll be just? Um, I mean, I, I think I there's a question good, is, I think there's a good chance that we'll know who the top three, maybe the mm-hmm. top two are. I think there will be. There will be a, a a player or two who is is not getting the work, and we'll probably know about that. I, I just think it's by the end of spring. It strikes me, and I don't know how we're they're not going to have five th- guys going in yeah, the fall. I, I don't know how they're going to do this. I would guess it's going to be tough to convince three guys that they're all still really in the race to be the starter after spring is over. Two is probably where you want to be. Yep. you'd love it. That's why I said it should be two, maybe three. I mean, the, dr- the dream is that one of these guys is clearly head and shoulders better than the others, and shows it over the next couple of weeks, and you feel great about the upcoming season with that player playing quarterback. Short of that, I would guess that you're going to have a two-man race by the end of the spring, and uh, if it's any more than that, then you you got a battle royal on your hands. Yeah, well, here's my prediction. I think Davis is going to make a little noise in the spring. Uh, that, he's sort of the odd man out right now, but I've heard you know, everybody has inside sources. I've heard he's had a good Yeah, that's, that, that's That's been a couple of folks have, have said that. That um, 
that he's having a good offseason. Drew, who's, who's hanging on? be a really interesting story. Okay. All right, yeah, we need to get to our bottom of the hour break. Pre- Jake Crane joins us when we come back. Appreciate the phone call. That was great stuff there. Absolutely, Matt. Uh, stick with us for the final half hour here on the Tuesday Drive. With Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. And on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive, 27 minutes away from 6 o'clock, 5.33 here on this Tuesday afternoon. Bill and Dan in the Wow Business Studio, Drew at the controls, and we're pleased to be joined by our regular Tuesday guest, though now I, I, now he can uh, go ahead and, and tell everyone the big news that has been building for a while as uh, a, a, a new platform and and a new name for the show jake crane how you doing man hey guys i'm doing good yeah i can uh, finally say it now you know i've been hinting at it for long enough uh getting the deal done and uh excited we are now the official sports show for the daily wire uh we're still on youtube it's called uh, crane and company uh apple podcast spotify it's a national show now we're talking a little bit of everything Y'all know I know what my fastball is, though. We're talking uh, a bunch of SEC football. Going to talk a lot of college baseball as well. Uh, you know, since Major League Baseball looks like they don't want to play because Rob Manfred makes Roger Goodell look like Ronald Reagan. But, yeah, man, you can uh, find us for daily from 2 to 3 uh, Central Live. Uh, and you can always find it, you know, the replay on YouTube and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that stuff as well. So uh, really excited. Moved up to uh, Nashville and uh, really enjoying it. Yeah, you're moving all over. You're moving all over the southeast here over the last uh, uh, yeah, man, I'm like few Carmen years. San Diego. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that that's great. Congratulations, man. Talk a little I bit of you know, uh, you know, in any other um, changes type things. Uh, you know, when and um, you know how how are we going to find it? Yeah, you know, it's it is daily uh, every day, but Saturday and Sunday, uh, like I said, two to three central. Uh, YouTube's a great place to watch. You can go to the dailywire dot uh, com as well and sign up uh, there. You know, you kind of get exclusive access. We're doing a bunch of backstage stuff too. Uh, still interacting. The booster club's still the same, man. It's uh, you know, we're still doing our thing. Uh, like I said, Apple Podcast, Spotify too on the audio side. So yeah, it's uh, it's been really good and. The response has been amazing, and uh, we're hoping to keep doing it. Very, very cool, Jake. Proud of you. So uh, let, let's uh, let's pivot a little bit to uh, to what you've been talking about since the very beginning, the Auburn uh, football program, and uh, some news in the last week as Ike Hilliard, somebody that longtime observers of 
SEC football and the NFL yeah. uh, certainly uh, remember and and uh, know very well. Ike Hilliard, the new receivers coach for Brian Harson and the Auburn Tigers. What do you think of the uh, of the move by Harson to bring in uh, his new receivers coach? Man, you know, given the circumstances, I think it's about the best hire you can make. I mean, mm-hmm. if he can coach half as half as well as he could play, Auburn's going to be in really good shape. So uh, I thought it was a home run hire. He's a guy that high school kids will, you know, be able to relate to. Having that NFL experience, coaching the guys that he's coached, uh, I thought it was a really good look for Brian Harson coming off uh, what we all know was a bad situation. So hopefully he can get in there and hit the recruiting trail running. Uh, I don't think he'll have a problem doing it. Like I said, that NFL cachet uh, goes a long way, and it already goes a long way when you're wearing that Auburn uh, coaching shirt walking into high school. So uh, I think it was a really good hire. You know, we were um... – uh, sitting here talking a, a little of the, a few of the teams already getting started here for spring ball, uh, and, and, and Auburn will start in a, in a week and a half. You've got a lot of players still out there, uh, in the transfer portal. You know, some folks are wondering, well, what are these guys doing? Well, some of them are just, uh, making sure that they get their grades in order because that's something else you got to keep in yeah. mind. These guys got to be eligible just because you have that year of, uh, the, the free, uh, the ability to, to transfer and be eligible, you can't be eligible if you don't make the grade. So, so there are going to be a lot of transfers that are going to be visiting, and I'm, I'm seeing some that are already starting to take visits to spring practice getting underway. Yeah, I mean, it's not a Van Wilder situation. You can't just, you know, sit around and not make grades and, and try and play for eight years. So, so that's a big part of it. But most of these guys are mature enough. They understand that. They've been through the grind. Uh, they get it. And the portal look, it, it's going to be a revolving door. You know, you can only kind of bear what the market gives you in the portal, but it's a place Auburn's going to have to hit hard, not only at the wide receiver position, on the offensive line. Uh, you're looking at some of the schools that have had the most stability and the most success, looking at Alabama and Georgia and some of these other ones, really kind of sniping guys out of the portal to fulfill needs because roster management, you know, Bill and Dan, and, and I talk about it a lot when I come on here, uh, is one of the biggest pillars that you can have. It's one of the reasons uh, that Nick Saban's able to have so much success, and, and these teams are able to – to field teams that are really, really talented on a regular basis. So uh, when you look at the transfer portal, Auburn's got to have a lot of success there, and they need to have it quick. But, again, it only kind of bears what the market gives you. Jake, I'd, I'd be interested to know something that we were talking about a little bit earlier in the uh, in, in the broadcast, the idea that you know, with, with so many different positions at Auburn, uh, places where guys are going to get their first taste of significant playing time, in college football, is is there a position or two you're really looking uh, closely at as spring practice approaches or somewhere where you think it would be nice to get some clarity as far as who could make an impact for Auburn in 2022? Yeah, you know, the receiver position, because Auburn does uh, have a couple guys, uh, a couple young guys that I'm pretty excited about. Tarvaris Dawson, I think, has a chance to be a really good player. I'm excited to see him. You know, you saw a little bit of him uh, towards the end of the season. I mean, he's got breakaway speed. He can really run. Uh, the offensive line, we know they're returning guys. Uh, you know, again, just because you return a guy doesn't mean they're fantastic. But I'm looking at receiver. And then you know the quarterback position. Uh, I mean, Calzada, I'm, I know he's, you know, no contact, I believe. TJ Finley, I just, you know, I believe in him about as much as I do the stuff of love against, uh, after seeing what I saw. Then Demetrius Davis, is he going to get a shot? You know, you look at the type of system, uh, that Brian Harson wants to run and Auburn wants to run. You know, it, Demetrius is kind of the odd man out uh, in that deal a little bit, but but I'm excited to see if they give him some run, you know, how he'll do. So 
uh, the quarterback position, the wide receiver position, I think defensively uh, they're pretty, you know, they're in good shape. Uh, I think that's going to be the strong suit of the team. Uh, but those are a couple positions to keep an eye on. Yeah, I think they need to get another edge since they only have three of them on the roster. And, and uh, I know they're, they they're, will. Yeah, they're, they they're will. one of the teams yeah. that's in the mix for the uh, for one of the Georgia Tech duo for the defensive end, Jordan Dominic. Uh, I believe his teammate is, is at Auburn visiting this weekend. And it looks like good news at the wide receiver spot, Jake, as uh, it appears uh, Javarius Johnson's going to stick around now with uh, Ike, the Ike Hilliard announcement. Yeah, you know, again, that's why getting a guy in place, because, you know, it's hard to blame a player. You, you know, when you, especially when you look at your position group and you don't have a coach, there's a lot of uncertainty. Uh, getting Javari, any experience is good to bring back when you have a young room. So getting a guy that can do the things Javarius can, because he does have really good speed. He's a guy you can put in the slot. He can get open on the option route. He can hit the home run when he has to. So getting him back was big. Uh, I'm just very interested to see, you know, again, and I hate to beat a dead horse, but the offensive line just scares me to death because it, it doesn't matter. It's the engine of the car. It's the heart of the body. And that's a place where they have got to develop high school kids in the long run and get some guys from the portal in here, even though they're few and far between, especially the ones that can help you uh, for next year to be able to have success. Mo- moving away from, from Auburn a little bit, I, I'd be interested to know, Jake, so, some of the other coaches that are in their first off season with their new teams. You know, there were some, some very high-profile additions to, uh, you know, to, to different football programs this past offseason, whether it was Lincoln Riley going to USC, uh, Mario Cristobal choosing Miami, Billy Napier at the University of Florida, Brian Kelly, right? Is, is there anybody that you're really impressed with, with how they've hit the ground running at their new school? And, you know, it's it's still really early. Lincoln, obviously, in the transfer portal, getting Mario Williams, getting Caleb Williams, you know, to, to be able to come there from a terminology standpoint offensively, and we know how talented those guys are. That's one thing. But I'm telling you, man, Billy Napier is a guy that I thought that was a really, really good hire. He's not as high profile as Mario Cristobal, who's already hit the ground running there in Miami. Uh, but Billy's the type of guy uh, that I think can turn that place around and can do it rather quickly. I mean, he's a guy that uh, he's going to hold the players accountable. He's a really cool guy. He's a really good coach. I like the staff you put around him. Uh, but, you know, looking nationally, Lincoln, I, especially being in the Pac-12, you know, they're, they're pretty weak over there as a conference. I think he'll be able to hit the ground running. And then Mario Cristobal on the ACC. You know, Clemson, I don't think they're falling back as much as people think. I mean, when we're, we're trashing them for having a 10-win season, you know, it's kind of like trashing, you know, Auburn for being 24-3. and three. But I'm, I'm telling you, watch out for Billy at Florida. He may turn that thing around quicker than what people think. Well, definite. I mean, you talk about resources. They they have them, and they have plenty of them. Uh, they're AR-15, too, man. He's a witch. I'm telling you, that dude is special. Hey, you you mentioned Auburn basketball. Here we are, the, the uh, last week of the regular season. Auburn with a one game lead. A lot of fans are are freaking out because Auburn's lost three straight road games, but uh, they still have an opportunity to at least get a share. Right now, they've got a one game lead. They they win this week. They're the undisputed SEC regular season champ. How big is tomorrow night's game, Jake? Uh, they're all big, you know, when the regular season title's on the line. Look, the SEC, this is the best, and Bruce Pearl said it, this is the best I've ever seen in the SEC. And if you're able to win the SEC regular season in this crop, because you look across the country, I mean, the Big 12, we know they got good teams. The SEC won the Big 12 Challenge. The ACC isn't what, you know, they normally are. The Big East uh, has some strong teams with Villanova and Providence. 
you know, Gonzaga and them out there, I mean, shoot, any conference where the parents still have to work the concession stands at this level, I don't believe in. But that's a story for another day. Uh, it, it's massive. It's just amazing to me what Bruce Pearl's done at Auburn. We are now to the point where, as a fan base, Auburn is frustrated after being 24-3. and three. Um, You know, it's just getting to the point uh, at the end of the year where you do want your team to be playing well. You know, the guards have got to stop turning the ball over, and they've got to start taking better shots. And I know the style that Bruce Pearl plays. Look, Wendell's going to be fine. KD's got to continue to get downhill. He over-dribbles a little bit. But you need to be playing your best basketball going in uh, to the conference tournament and then the NCAA tournament. And if you're able to beat Mississippi State on the road and then come back and beat South Carolina at home, be SEC regular season champions, I don't know how you're not a number one seed, but that bolsters your confidence going into the tournament. So it's a huge week from that standpoint. Yeah, well, if you beat Mississippi State in Starkville, it stops your road losing streak. You go 6-3 and three in the league on the road. Auburn's the only team with a winning record right now in the SEC on the road. And you're not going to play anybody else on the road. I mean, no, no matter where you play from this point on after tomorrow night, Auburn's probably going to have as many, if not more, fans there. Oh, I agree. I mean, a neutral court, you know, it's it's a good remedy. And hopefully they don't have to shoot any more Nike balls. I'm not going to get into my discussion on why we use different balls for college basketball when in football you get to use your ball. In baseball, it's the ball. I'll never understand it. I get that it's for sponsorships and this, that, and the other. But being able to go to a neutral court, having a guy like Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler in the front court, the guards just have to play good. Just play good. You don't have to play elite. You don't got to score 28 points. If you're hot and want to throw up a heat check every now and then, I get it. But let's just play a game called get the ball to Jabari Smith, and I think everything will be okay. Yeah, the, the reason, one of the reasons I'm skeptical about the Nike ball thing, Jake, and I know there's, you know, those people have done some, some amateur, you know, they, they've done some sabermetrics into it. But I, the, the thing that's got me skeptical is I don't think the concern against Florida or Tennessee was that Auburn was getting a whole bunch of great looks and they were missing them because a different basketball, you know, had them slightly shooting the ball different. It seemed like especially against Tennessee, right? And Bruce talked about it after the game. The big problem was on possession after possession after possession, Auburn wasn't wasn't able to get a satisfactory look coupled with getting getting pounded on the, on the boards. Well, maybe the knocky ball bounces differently. Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe there's yeah, well, well, again, again, it's it, once you get, once you get, and and look, I think the environment has a lot to do with it too. Uh, Auburn getting beaten on the boards to me, that was the biggest thing mm-hmm. because you cannot shoot well, and if you rebound well and not turn the ball over, you'll have a chance to win. Because look, is Auburn a fantastic shooting team? No. no, they're not. This isn't the Bryce Brown and Chuma Okiki and the Jared Harper team. They're a different team. Does that mean they're worse? No, they just go about it a different way. Uh, but and they're better know, defensively, me, and I, I would say they're better. They're, they're better defensively, defensively. Yeah, and they're they're longer than a Harry Potter novel. But when you when you look at what Auburn does, to me, sometimes they play too much individual basketball. They don't get into their stuff. You know, it's either all right, we'll run the pick and roll. It's not there, or we'll iso Jabari on the elbow, uh, let him take the jumper or whatever. They need to get in their stuff more because they have weapons that can spread you out. It's just like in football. If you know that you just have to double one guy, it makes it a lot easier. But if you're worried, you can't double everybody. So when Auburn plays spread out and they get in their stuff, they run really good stuff, and they're good on defense. But, again, shot selection, 
right guy's got to be taking the right shots. Uh, I mean, once you get into these games that are going to be, you know, decided by inches and, and one possession, you know, you look at a team like Villanova, they just let you beat yourself. Auburn's got to get back into the business of running their stuff. That doesn't mean you don't play in transition. That doesn't mean, you know, you can do your stuff every now and then from an individual standpoint. But where Auburn gets stuck is when it's like, all right, well, I'll just do it. And if that guy's name's not Jabari Smith, it hadn't been getting done. Talking with Jake Crane from Crane & Co. here on the Tuesday edition yeah, of The Dry. Hey, Jake, let me ask you something. So aside from Auburn, is there a team slated to make the NCAA tournament from the SEC, and you can pick more than one if you want, that you think could be a real problem for the other teams in, in their in their side of the bracket? Uh, say that one more time, Dave. So You're is, breaking up at the beginning. So, so is there, other than Auburn, is there an SEC team yeah. slated to make the NCAA yeah. tournament that you think could be a real concern for other teams in, in that portion of the bracket? Look, I mean, Arkansas right now to me is, is scarier than a Stephen King movie, man. I mean, you know, they're able – you talk about a team defensively that is able to lock you down in transition and when you're running half-court sets. Because, look, in the NCAA tournament, it's about experienced guards and rebounding. That That's what wins. The shots aren't always going to fall. You play too many games. You're not going to shoot fantastic every single game. It's going to come down to a rock fight at some point, and you got to be able to lock up on D – defensive rebounding travels, and you got to be able to get putbacks uh, and get to the foul line and hit shots. When I look at the SEC, I think Arkansas is scary. Bama is a little scary. If, if you know, Shackelford has been really consistent, Quinterly, especially coming off the bench, has started to figure it out. But, again, when their shots don't fall, it tends to show up on the defensive end. Tennessee as well. I, I'm not as sold on Tennessee as everybody else. They struggle outside of their home court. We've seen that. Um, you know, and they've done a really good job up there in Knoxville. You know, a team I'm really disappointed in, Dan, is Mississippi State. You know, you look at Molinar, they're probably not going to make the tournament. Tolu Smith, Garrison Brooks led the ACC in scoring. Uh, the Shaq kid from NC State's a pretty good shooter. DJ Jeffries, the Memphis transfer, has been a problem at the guard spot. How about, uh, how about, right now, how about uh, Bama, Jake? You, what, what about Bama? Because I, I think Bama's got the guards yeah, to maybe get some teams, no, I, to yeah, give some teams some problems. Yeah, like, like I was saying, they're scary. It's just that they're Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Right, Hyde. I totally. mean, in an NCAA tournament, that can get you back. They're a team that could get bounced in the first round or make it to the Elite Eight or possibly the Final Four. And you just got to get hot. Kentucky, to me, though, is about as complete as any team out there. I know they just lost at Arkansas, but Arkansas has beaten, been beating everybody at Bud Walton. Oscar Sheboy, man, that guy down low, whether it's on the offensive glass, whether it's on the defensive glass, uh, he's probably going to win National Player of the Year, uh, and I think he deserves it. Uh, the question is, how healthy is Ty Ty uh, and Severe Wheeler? But Keon Brooks has kind of figured it out offensively. I, it's amazing to see there are four to five teams in the SEC that can make a run, which you know is the first time I think that those words have ever been uttered out of my mouth. Well, I mean, you did a while ago talk about how good this league is, and then, and as you said, that's what Bruce Pearl said. There's no no doubt about it, man. We're we're completely out of time, Jake. We really. Really enjoy having uh, having you on with us every week. Yeah, once again, let everybody know about uh, the the new show name. I mean, it's still Jake, and it's still Blaine and David, I guess. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, Crane and Company. Like I said, you can go to YouTube. It's easy. We have our own YouTube channel. Uh, got a new logo. Uh, you can go to thedailywire.com uh, as well. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, that stuff's all free. It's Crane and Company. And uh, we're really excited, man. On social media now, uh, I'm uh, at Jake Crane 12 uh, or excuse me, Jake Crane underscore 
you can find us there. My brother's on there, Blaine Crane and David Adam Cohn as well, man. And, yeah, we, uh, we're we talking everything. Going to start talking some college baseball here soon, too. So we're really excited. Sounds good, man. We'll, 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 uh, we'll do that as well next time. Really appreciate it, man. Uh, congratulations, and, and have a great rest of the week. All right. Thanks, guys. All right, Jake Crane joining us. Yeah, you, Jake. Crane and company now. Yeah, very cool. All right, we need to get to our final break. Running a little late. Back to wind things down here on the Tuesday Drive. The Drive continues. 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 The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. And on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in. Final uh, minute or so of the Tuesday Drive. Final minute for Dan here uh, on on the drive. Well, I don't know. You can call in, man. Might pop in. You can find some time in between whatever you're doing down there. That's right. While well, I'm trying to find my your lost. First, your first game's Friday, right? Trying to find my lost shaker assault while, yeah, I hear you. while I'm down in Pensacola. No, you know, I will. Yeah, we're, we're on. I mean, uh, if, if you want, check in. Tr- we're at Big Mike's tomorrow. That's right. I'm going to miss that, but don't. Scott Bagwell's going to fill in for Dan. That's right. After the game, uh, after the game throwback, love that Scott's going to be on the drive. And uh, you get some Caldwell tomorrow as well. Absolutely. Jason will be there for hour number one. I'll be I'll be back uh, in, in a few days, guys. But in the meantime. Well, good luck, man. Good you know, luck. Good luck to you and the and the Trojans. Hopefully when I'm cold. back, we're going to the NCAA tournament. All right. That's going to do it for the Tuesday Drive. Our thanks to Barrett, Sally, Jake Crane, and all of our listeners and callers. Yes, back with you from Big Mike Steakhouse tomorrow. Have a good one, everybody. We are out of here.